0: Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business, expert insight
1: into the world of business. This is Dick Drobnik. I'm the director of the one-year advanced international MBA program at the University of Southern California's Marshall School of Business. Today, we have the opportunity to talk to a longtime friend, Dr. Narongchai Akrasani, former Minister of Energy of Thailand, former Minister of Commerce of Thailand, the chairman of MFC Asset uh, Management Company, the chairman of the Ananda Development Group, and, and many, many other things. And a person who has spoken to our IBER MBA uh, students many times, both at USC and in Rangoon and in Bangkok and in Ho Chi Minh City. So I'm very pleased to welcome our good friend, uh, Dr. Chai. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so we want to talk with, with Dr. Narong Chai today about the impact of COVID nineteen on the the business and, and economic situations in in Southeast Asia, in the ASEAN economies, which of course includes his own economy, Thailand, and perhaps also more broadly on the world economy. Um, and so Narong Chai, let, let's just start out with a on the medical side of COVID. Can you give us a summary of what's been happening, at least to me as an outsider, remarkably in Thailand with its seeming control of the uh, COVID-19 virus? Yes, uh, if
0: you notice today, I think I look better than any other days in the last 40 days. (laughs) And uh, the reason that I'm smiling is because the, the situation in Thailand has improved a lot. And we have started seeing a number of rules and regulations. And this is, I think, the evidence that uh, we put control on the pandemic earlier than many other countries. Uh, In fact, uh, we and Singapore, you know, uh, became maybe the first that put control on this pandemic. Uh, But we have been more successful than Singapore in terms of having cases. And other ASEAN countries, uh, they put control on a little bit later and they have more problem. Like in Indonesia, Indonesia is still uh, having um, more and more cases in in the number of hundreds, Philippines also. And we are in all of the ASEAN countries, uh, Vietnam is the best. Vietnam put control on uh, this the pandemic earlier than others and using technology to detect cases and tracking everything. So, so far, Vietnam has no deaths, not none. And they have only about 200, 300 cases. It's, it's the best. The other countries, uh, I don't know why, uh, maybe the statistic or whatever, Myanmar, uh, Laos PDR and so on, uh, case not that many. But uh, if you do not believe in the statistics of cases, I think you can believe in the statistics of death. Uh, So even in these countries, there are not that many death cases. In the case of Thailand, uh, we started putting control on earlier. Basic, I think it's by chance, you know, it just happened that there was a big uh, number of cases coming out of a gathering at a boxing stadium. Owned by the army, that's the key part. Uh, when the spread came out of that boxing stadium owned by the army, the army has become very cooperative <laughs> in managing these cases. You know the people within the army; otherwise, they become very independent. They are not to be controlled by any others. So, with that, with that uh, incident, uh, we have put things on control, and the the health uh, people, the health. So now, became heroes.
1: So, Narang Chai, yes. if the, the the disease has been controlled so well, has there been yes. very, very small impact on the business world and on the economy itself?
0: Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Because of this big control, very big impact, very big impact on business, particularly poor people. You know, now we are going through that period because of control. Uh, many uh, millions of people lost their jobs. And uh, I think similar to to situation in the Philippines and, and uh, Indonesia, uh, we have a lot of so-called informal workers or independent workers, wage earners, you know. So when you don't allow a restaurant, when you don't allow sport facility, when you don't, allow these, you don't allow these people have no sources of income. And in Thailand, millions, and Indonesia, Philippines, and so on, it's the same. So we are now, you know, uh, suffering from the problems uh, of of how really to to take care of these people. I think in Thailand, the number is more than 20 million. More than 20 million. So what government is doing, uh, what government is doing is to um, pay them. I think it's similar to many other countries. Just handle, just give them free money. Like in Thailand, we have promised that we would give uh, free money to something like 20 million plus for three months. For three months. And we also have schemes to help business uh, by direct subsidy, including um, financial assistance. We have schemes to assist even the the capital market to make sure that uh, there will crash. In the uh, bond market, no crash in the uh, equity market, and uh, no run in the bank, and things like
1: that. So, Narang Chai, is this quite a, quite a different policy response than 12 years ago in the great financial crisis or 20 years ago during the 1998 uh, crisis? Very, oh, yes, very different, very
0: different, you know, because that time the, the um, job situation. Did not disappear immediately like this time. This time, because of government order, places are closed. When places are closed, job disappear right away. Now, last time, um, uh, when big corporations uh, went under, start on financial, followed by the borrowers of these uh, financial institutions. Then slowly business slow down, and people slowly you know their job lose their job uh, they did not lose their job because of government order so therefore there was no so-called immediate help of government. This time they lost their job because of government order and therefore the government would be responsible for keeping them alive. So it's a different kind of situation. This time much more dramatic much more dramatic than last time.
1: Are, are the policy responses in the other ASEAN economies similar in Malaysia? And very similar, in- yes. yes. Because because you know
0: very well, Dick, you've been around uh, these countries. We, in all of our ASEAN countries, we have a lot of the so-called um, self-employed and independent workers, daily workers, weekly workers, and things like that. We do not have the so-called formal, I mean, majority of the workforce. They're not in the formal employment. They, they they take care of themselves. They work for themselves. <laughs> or they work for others, but, you know, uh, on a so-called contract or weekly, daily basis. They are doing well when things are going. But when the jobs stop, <laughs> their, their so-called uh, weekly, monthly income stop, that became a real problem.
1: But so then the government is running presumably major fiscal deficits um, very much, very is, much, yes. So is there pressure on the baht and on the rupiah and on the ringgit?
0: In the case of Thailand, you know, uh, we have a lot of reserves, so We are okay. We, uh, the government now started borrowing heavily. So this year there will be a lot more government bonds to finance uh, these schemes to assist the people and with that being the case, uh, I believe that uh, the bond, uh, the, the coupon rate definitely would have to be. Uh, but yield, government bond yield is still not, not up yet because uh, we have had a lot of surplus for so many years. So in, uh, in this case, of Thailand, we have enough reserve, you know, uh, international as well as local. Even with a lot of government borrowing, the value of the bar still remains relatively strong. Of course, uh, weaker than last year, but still remain relatively strong. And and in other countries, um, not yet. Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, and so on, uh, they have not got into the kind of problem that would have to go for IMF yet. In fact, I don't think anybody wants to go to IMF, judging from what, what happened last time. Nobody in ASEAN country would like to go to IMF.
1: Do the Indonesians and the Malaysians have enough reserves? All these ASEAN
0: countries have not been relying as much on foreign borrowing uh, because their trade situation very well has been relatively good, relatively good. Uh, uh, most of them have surplus. Even in Vietnam, they have had deficit, but deficit with very good growth. And Vietnam has made a comeback more than any others. Uh, we have not uh, been able to see the recovery in most other countries. Uh, Surprisingly, Singapore, you know, Singapore, because of so many cases, they have to put on even uh, stricter control. The the recovery situation in Singapore, we don't see yet. But Vietnam, we see recovery. Thailand, we see the bottom. We see the bottom coming maybe in the next month, and then we, we can see recovery. But it depends again, you know, whether... We are able to manage if the cases come back. We don't know about the cases, whether they will return. This COVID uh, is bad, You know, <laughs> difficult to predict. But uh, we are hopeful that we can manage.
1: Let, let, let's go back to yes. the, the, uh, the exchange rate uh, issue. Yes. My understanding yes. is that at this point in the cycle, a lot of the debt, the international debt, dollar-denominated debt, is with the private sector, yes. as opposed to with the government sector. And with the, mm-hmm. with, with the government closing down business for one month or two months or whatever it's been in these countries, yes. is the private sector yes. vulnerable to, to runs on their uh, assets? Good question. I, I have more statistics on
0: Thailand than others, but uh, basically similar. Uh, last uh, several years, we have been running a surplus in the uh, current account, uh, with the surplus, a bond market has emerged. Corporate bond market has become bigger and bigger and bigger because corporations, uh, in addition to borrowing money from banks, they can raise bond from the bond market. And uh, the size of the corporate bond in Thailand last five years has gone up tremendously. So your question is very really right. You know, when when the situation became like this, people are very nervous about what would happen to the corporate bonds. And immediately uh, there was the selling of corporate bonds, middle of March. But uh, Bank of Thailand stepped in to help, to help absorb some of that uh, selling uh, pressure. And after that stabilized. Uh, So now what we are seeing is that uh, the corporate bond use and the new new uh, coupon rate uh, spread you know, uh, getting wider wider from government bonds, but most of these bonds are raised from local money because we have had surplus for so many years, and uh, the the foreign debt very small, very small. You know, uh, uh, therefore, they have not been as much affected. Yes, they are affected. They have to pay more when they, when they issue new bonds, or they could not raise as much. Like our property group, you know, we were able to raise funds from bond market easily. A few weeks ago, we went back, and uh, we could only get about of what we wanted and paying a little bit more.
1: Okay, so let's move away from the financial sector for a moment. You seem to be optimistic about the Thai economy recovering, but the Thai economy mm-hmm. is quite dependent on European tourism and quite dependent on the export of Japanese automobiles. And and if the markets in the United States and Europe don't recover from the disease very quickly, uh, it seems to me that the flow of tourism will not be very good and the demand for auto parts from
0: Thailand. What do you think? Oh, you put it right on the point. You know, I may sound a little bit too optimistic. No, I am not that optimistic about recovery in Thailand. I'm really saying that situation here will be stabilized. To be stabilized, uh, whether we would recover, I see this uh, we are likely to have negative growth. I agree with uh, forecasts from World Bank, from IMF, and so on. We'll have negative growth, definitely. But because of the reserve that we have, private sector and government sector, uh, we are able to uh, maintain or we are able to manage this crisis uh, to remain stable, or to get back to stability. But to go back to growth, uh, I don't think we can do it easy. Reason, reason, as you mentioned, and it's a good lesson, you know, for other countries. Uh, We have been relying so much on tourism. So much on tourism. Uh, Last year, tourist arrival, 40 million. And responding to this. to this huge increase in tourism we have been building facilities uh, particularly private sector building hotels including our group we are opening one hotel uh, this year with no customer (laughs) and actually we have five in a row coming along you know one this year uh, this quarter actually we open two this year and three more next year or under construction because of this uh, huge tourism uh, business expectation. Now, uh, with the world being like this, and uh, this sector is going to be so much affected and capital invested in this sector, we will have to, to see how we can manage, utilize all these uh, buildings. So uh, with the uh, situation of tourism like this, uh, we have tourists from China, Uh, they may come back earlier, but we also have had tourists from Europe, may take much longer to come back. From the US, we have a lot of tourists from the US and and I don't know, looking at statistics uh, these days, um, I doubt if we could get, (laughs) we could expect tourists from the US. Oh, and uh, we also rely a lot on export sector. In that area, in that area, certain uh, segments will, will suffer. Automotive will suffer. But
1: electronics seem to be doing well. Kharang Chai, as a result of this crisis, do you think there will be a rising influence of China in, in Southeast Asia, either at the business level or at the political bargaining level, or, or it will be a declining influence because it began in Wuhan? <laughs>
0: Excellent question. You know, I, I, I would like to talk about the future trend with you also. Uh, there are two things that I can see in terms of future trends, definitely coming. Number one is uh, digital uh, revolution, digital transformation. I think this time uh, we are seeing the real, the real uh, benefit of going digital. It has come earlier than, than uh, we thought would, it would come. And that is one thing that I like about it. you know uh, We are into this digital thing. you see in East Asia, Southeast Asia, China, Korea, Japan, the leader in digital transformation. Now, ASEAN, ASEAN, because of this pandemic, ASEAN is, is stepping up very quickly to apply digital transformation. And that would be the trend. And uh, if that is the trend, then you go back to the question about the, the tech rivalry between U.S. and China, as we talked when you came visiting us last time, that I did not believe that it was a trade war. It was more a tech war. Uh, U.S. technology or, or Chinese technology and when we are going to uh, do this so-called rapid transformation in digital transformation, it's very really likely that we will adopt more and more uh, China-based tech rather than U.S. based tech. So uh, the transformation uh, is leading more to cooperation and and uh, working more with the East Asian uh, countries. And that the next trend is like this, you know. Uh, I think for the next few years, the the globalization is uh, going to be more on the regionalization. Business Class, expert insight into the world of business. The host, Dick Drobnik, producer, Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin,
1: web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite.